0: Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat.
1: Welcome to The Kitchen Table. We're so glad you're here for this episode. This is actually a pretty special episode for uh, The Kitchen Table. Jake and I had a chance to sit down with Mike Naraki, who is the uh, co-creator of VeggieTales, also the voice of Larry the Cucumber, amongst other characters on that series. But he has a new project uh, that is in the works, and we wanted to sit down with him and talk specifically about that. So welcome in, Mike Naraki.
2: Well we're gonna dive right into this. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Um, he's gonna super fan. I'm just gonna I tell you. Loved <laughs> VeggieTales as a kid.
0: I think we owned every VHS. We still own we we pretty still much own all them. the DVDs. Oh man. Well, you know what, Jake? God made you special and he loves you very much.
2: I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Oh. So I want to know, have you always, you've always been creative. I mean, you you create content. Do you just have this creativity oozing out of you at all times and you have to to release it?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I just remember being a kid, particularly when I was in middle school, just loving to make people laugh. I just love to entertain. And I found an outlet through that at church you know so I could you know we had a a kind of a drama ministry so I would do that I would sing in choirs and I started to write a lot I loved parody music probably more than regular popular music so I you know would always write parody songs and everything I was a big Weird Al Yankovic fan and you know all those kind of things so I just loved it and um, kind of got into puppetry and just loved writing and performing then found that oh I'm actually more comfortable I love entertaining people, but not being seen, (laughs) which is a great place, you know, for an animator or a filmmaker or a puppeteer to be. So kind of be behind the camera on that. Has it
2: always been content towards younger audiences for you?
0: So really, you know, getting a start in church when I was younger, I became involved in our kids ministry, uh, kids puppet ministry at our at my home church in the Denver, Colorado area. Obviously, that was for younger kids. And then when I met Phil Visher at Bible College up in Minneapolis, he and I did a puppet ministry for kids, and and we loved that. I actually I had plans going to college. I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I wanted to go into medical missions. I kind of felt like that was where my heart was aligned. I had no idea that I would veer off and become an animated cucumber eventually. But uh, that's where my gifts and my talents lie. And that's kind of where God steered me. And I I do feel like that's been on my heart and, and kind of in just in my personality, just to be able to to talk to kids and entertain kids that way.
2: You helped raise a generation. I don't know if you realize that or not. And you helped speak these faith stories into an, an entire generation. When you started out, you had a specific target audience that you were trying to reach. And it seemed to be that it was toddlers. I mean, he probably started watching them at 19 months and it was just like, <laughs> stopped, you know, and uh, yeah. But also, you had all these youth groups that just went crazy for this stuff.
0: Oh, my goodness. That was the coolest thing to see. And I remember first when Phil and I started first hearing that back. We were like, what? And then we were like, oh, I guess that makes sense because... We love to make ourselves laugh as we were writing this stuff. And I remember even back at our puppeting days, we would be doing our puppet shows. We used to say we roamed the Minnesota countryside with our puppets scaring the Baptists. (laughs) And so we'd be doing our puppet shows. You know, the kids would be in the front row kind of giggling, but then the parents in the back row would be cracking up just with our material. But when we started hearing this about VeggieTales was like, you know, they're having dorm watching VeggieTales episode parties. It was nothing we expected, but it's like, okay, well, we're when we started the show, we were about that age. We were in our mid to late twenties, and it's like, well, I suppose if that's making us laugh, it's making you know college kids laugh too. So that's what I've really enjoyed is being able to, to just be, to use humor that's kid appropriate, but you don't have to you don't have to write jokes down to kids. You can just be funny. I remember growing up such a big Bugs Bunny, kind of all that Warner Brother animation stuff. And there's stuff now I'll watch it as an adult. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is really funny. I would have not got that in a million years as a kid. But just those layers just makes it richer and, and just so much more fun.
2: I think the layers really it's attributed to the success more than anything. I mean, Disney has figured that out with the Disney Pixar films. They sort of write this script thinking of these two audiences, not only just the, the kids, but the parents as well, because parents enjoy it.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's it. And to me, it's not so much about writing to an audience. It's being aware of your audience, but as a writer and as an artist, just crafting a story that's going to connect emotionally with people. And that includes, you know, with humor, but also with heart. And obviously there's not many that are better at doing that than Pixar for sure. Pixar saved Disney, in my opinion. (laughs) I think
2: you're correct there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about the, the new project you have in the works. You're now a professor at a college, you continue to create content. You've been writing, it appears to be a series of, are they children's type books or children's stories?
0: They are, they are early reader books. So if you, most people are familiar with Captain Underpants or Diary of a Wimpy Kid, they're in that. In fact, I have a squirrels book right here, Dead Sea Squirrels. So they're sort of, or, or even, you know, Magic Treehouse, they're chapter books. Each one is about 20 or so chapters, about seven to 8,000 words. So they're for early readers, kids just getting going in the first through fifth grade kind of span. They've got a lot of fun illustrations in them. So maybe a little bit older than the target audience for Tales, which is a preschool audience so this is kind of that maybe that next you know age of kids for the books themselves and i think we're creating the pilot animated episode right now you know for that i think older and younger kids obviously you don't need to read when you're watching animation so i think that'll that'll scale down to younger kids as well so what's the premise behind the whole thing so the premise behind the whole thing is that michael who is a, a 10 year old boy soon to be fifth grader is spending the summer in Israel along the Dead Sea with his dad, who's an archaeologist. And he's brought his best buddy with him, Justin, along for the summer. And the two, against his dad's wishes, who's told Michael never to go into a cave without an experienced guide, he's in there exploring with Justin, and they come upon these two dehydrated salt-encrusted squirrels. You know, Justin thinks they're absolutely gross, but Michael thinks they're the coolest things ever. Figures that they would make great souvenirs from their summer trip. So he stashes them in his backpack and brings them home to tennessee with him and he puts them up on his dresser at night you know as these souvenirs and dresses him up and his other he's got figurines with you know shields and a sword and everything he poses them you know on his dresser he doesn't want them to stink up the room because you know he found them in a cave and so he opens his window and it rains that night they rehydrate desalinate come back to life. And it turns out that they are two, it's a Jewish couple, Merle and Pearl from the first century, uh, who took an ill-advised vacation down the Jordan River. They're originally from Galilee, but took an ill-advised vacation down the Jordan River and got stuck at the Dead Sea and have been petrified for millennia. <laughs> so, so, but they bring experience and stories from having watched Jesus and the apostles from the first century. So they're able to apply what they've heard from him, that biblical knowledge to what Michael's going through as a fifth grader.
3: What kind of lessons would be taught
2: through each episode? Would it be more like biblical base or more of like biblical application?
0: Well, it's a little of both. So the first six books, there's, I, I'm working on book 10 right now. The first six books, we start off in Israel, page one of the first book, we end in Tennessee on the first book, but then the, the rest of the that first series of six books were in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And each of those deals with sort of a biblical value. The first one is honoring your father and your mother. And then there is treat others how you want to be treated, diligence, telling the truth. So sort of just common biblical principles that were discussed in scripture and have New Testament application as Merle and Pearl. We have a chapter in each book called Squirrel's Eye View, uh, where they remember back to the teachings of, of Jesus or one of the disciples or apostles. You know, so that's the first six books. And then the second six books, they are, it's a continuing series. So every book has a cliffhanger where there's somebody after the squirrels who's working for a wealthy artifact collector back in the Holy Land. So the squirrels are recaptured and brought back to Israel. And then Michael and his dad and friends then retrace the steps. They're after the squirrels to try to re-rescue them. But in doing so, they retrace the life and ministry of Jesus over Israel. We're able to tell these stories of the Annunciation and the Visitation and incarnation, resurrection. So all of those key important stories from the life and ministry of Christ are reflected in the story of the rescue of the squirrels.
2: Now, I recognized when my boys were younger, the importance of the lessons in Tales coming through. Why is this Dead Sea Squirrels? Why are these lessons important to parents today that their kids know these?
0: So many parents, it certainly was true when I was growing up. It was true of my own kids, raising my own kids. We want to pass on biblical values to our kids. And you know we bring our kids to Sunday school, bring them up in church, but so much of what kids are exposed to outside of that environment is a worldview that's that's just contrary to that. So our goal with VeggieTales and the goal with with Squirrels is to provide stories and content that is just as every every bit as entertaining as what you would get anywhere else, but. It has a worldview that assumes that there's a God who loves us and and who wants a relationship with us. And so having stories with that worldview can be really important to kids and how they grow up. And of course, parents find that a valuable tool in in raising their kids.
2: And definitely when you look at our culture and society 20 years ago, 25 years ago, media then, now, today, media now, you probably are seeing the differences in how you need to create this content, produce this content. It's, It's going to be different.
0: Yeah, it'll be different, you know, and even business models have changed. And so even the mode of delivery is is different. You know, when we made VeggieTales, VHS was just coming on on the scene and the ability to say, oh, we can we don't, we don't have to have a a network deal to be able to create a show. We can make a show and people can go into a store and buy, you know, home video, you know, then that became DVD. But then the environment changed again to where it's like, nobody buys DVDs or VHS anymore. And so now streaming has become the new thing. And so now figuring out, okay, how to provide content with that model. But I do think at the heart of it, I mean, I think you know, we're all as kids, as adults, we're all hardwired for story and telling a story that is emotionally compelling, that's meaningful, that never changes. People will always love well-told stories that are meaningful to them. And so, you know, I think back, I watched some of the old Veggie Tales episodes it's like, oh, that still kind of works, you know, <laughs> but you know, that, that core content, that core biblical content, the biblical values and messaging, that's timeless. And just trying to set that up in a a new modern application uh, for a new generation is what I'm going for with Squirrels. So
2: distribution is definitely going to change. You don't have Christian bookstores pretty much anymore. And you don't have radio stations hosting theater premieres. So what's the plan for distribution? Because we're getting to the point, we haven't really discussed it, but you guys are launching a Kickstarter campaign to turn this into a series. What's the plan for distribution or maybe we'll back up and let's talk about the series first.
0: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mentioned, you know, I'm a professor at Lipscomb University in Nashville. And a couple of my colleagues, Steve Taylor, who may, may recognize that name from uh, from Christian Music, he's also, you know, he's a producer, he's a music artist, but also a filmmaker. He helped launch the film school there at the university. And that's how I got involved because Steve and I had worked together over the years on various projects and are good friends. Tom Bancroft started the animation school there. Tom is a Disney animator who... He was an animator on The Young Simba and Lion King and worked on Little Mermaid and and, uh, Mulan, movies like that. He's just an incredible talent, mentoring students there. What we've done is kind of built a model based off of what would it look like to produce this show out of the college partnering with an outside animation studio. Uh, And so we were able to raise funds through a couple of generous donors to do a pilot episode to see, okay, will this model work? Can we do this? We'll have a finished 22-minute pilot complete by early March. We're really excited about that with using key faculty as mentors, junior and senior students who are at the top of their game, you know, would rather work on a series that's going to be great for their portfolio than work at Starbucks. You know, we're able to pay them to do that and they get that mentorship, you know, in a real world thing. So it's a very entrepreneurial type of program and a mindset for our students to say, okay, this is what it means to be in media, an artist in this day and age, uh, to be able to think about how we're going to be able to produce real world stuff. That's the plan. We've created a pilot. We have a Kickstarter going right now uh, to raise funds. And the idea is we would love to be able to fund at least six episodes, potentially more, and then having ownership of those be able to then license those out to multiple streaming services because that's sort of sort of the trend right now with particularly with kids media a lot of the streaming services aren't really focused on exclusivity for kids stuff they can be on multiple platforms we want to figure out a way kind of like in veggie what we did was we took out ads in christian parenting magazines to sell the first show, Where's God and I'm Scared? And we got 500 orders for that. And you know we just felt called and led to make one and that didn't work out. But one of those orders came from a distribution company who loved the show and we got a, a distribution deal out of that. In the same way, we'd love to be able to maintain control of the intellectual property, but then also the messaging too. I mean, these are faith-based, that's at the core of the lessons we want to be able to keep that by controlling the messaging and then, you know, being able to then figure out a way to get them on streaming services. That's the, the plan right now. It's difficult when the whole music industry and, and entertainment industry really is in a lot of flux right now. So as creators, it's challenging to figure out, okay, what's going to be the path forward? I think artists, if they're in control of their own content and able to get it out to an audience, it's really important, you know, just that a handful of media companies don't own all of the content.
2: The Kickstarter campaign is currently going uh-huh. and it's going to. It'll go till 100%. April, April
0: 1st, end of, end of March.
2: What's the goal then? Six episodes?
0: Yeah, six episodes. We're looking at a $1.2 million raise. Mm-hmm. Uh, animation, as you know, is really expensive. You know, we talked about Pixar a little bit, Pixar movies are well over a million dollars a minute of animation. <laughs> so we're producing animation on, in the range of about $10,000 a minute, which is really good just because of the setup we have going on. And that's what we've been able to pull off the first show for. It's obviously a big goal, but for high quality animation, it just costs a lot of money. If we could go beyond that, we'll be able to just create more episodes, uh, which will be great.
2: Is there a website people can go to in this?
0: Absolutely. You can go to deadseasquirrels.com and that will link you to the Kickstarter and it'll show you more information about the squirrels in general.
2: So you raise all this money. When is that first episode going to roll out? Are you going to roll it out as an entire series?
0: What's fun is we're going to be done with the first episode in the matter of weeks. So that's one of the incentives for folks who contribute to Kickstarter. One of the first levels, the $25 level, you get a digital download of the pilot episode, which is wonderful because typically on most Kickstarters, you are funding a pilot. But this one is, that's one of the incentives. And then of course, we have other incentives like t-shirts and a boxed book set, You know, a little squirrel pin, plush Merle and Pearl. So we've we've got a lot of fun incentives to go along with it as well. That's exciting.
2: It's great to see new creative ideas. And what I love more than anything about this is how you're involving your students in the process to have that kind of an experience to begin right away building their portfolio and
0: experience. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, no, it really is exciting. And to see how their their contribution and then just their excitement around it, it's great. And at this part of my life and my career, it's just really exciting to be able to give back and to be a mentor to the next generation of storytellers, which I'm sure you can appreciate.
2: Well, thanks for taking the time today. We can't wait for the first episode to
0: come out. Brian, Jake, thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Well, thanks once again to Mike for his time today. We also wanted to inform you, since we recorded that interview with Mike, some investors stepped up and are funding the full production of that first series of Dead Sea Squirrels. And so their Kickstarter campaign fully funded, which is a great thing. And we're super excited to see that come out uh, here in the uh, coming months and the impact that will have on uh, a new generation. Uh, We're gonna move from our faith conversation now into music matters. Music matters. So today's music matters. We've got some special stuff going on because I actually have. We're gonna highlight the theme song from Dead Sea Squirrels. Oh, cool! That's part of it. So that'll be cool. a little extra as a part of Music little matters. bonus, little bonus. But first, uh, music matters. Of course, we celebrate the generational differences of music. I'll bring a new song. Jake will bring a new song or a recent song that he likes. That's been speaking to him. We'll dig back in time to our oldie but goldie, and then we'll wrap things up with the new theme song from Dead Sea Squirrels. And my oldie but goldie ties into. The dead sea Squirrel song oh yeah yes because mm. i work that way oh so my new song this week uh, last week you highlighted the need to breathe song with drew and ellie holcomb yeah. well i have bear reinhardt lead singer <laughs> in need to breathe he is collaborating on a new song from the the band we the kingdom oh we the kingdom great band, great band. i so want them to come live in concert once we can start having concerts yeah. again they have a new song that features bear it's called Child of Love and I've got a little bit of the uh, behind the scenes uh, story of this song. So let's give that a listen and then we'll hear "Weed the Kingdom with Barry Reinhardt. Child of Love.
3: I was indeed walking the wayside. I was running so hard from God. I was chasing that high life you know just looking for anything to numb the pain inside of me and through addiction and all manner of things that I was hiding behind God met me and he came in the midst of all that crazy mess and he told me that he loved me and he showed me that I was indeed a child of love and it turned my life around I'm so grateful. song i love both of those bands i would love to see them live mm-hmm. uh together when I, how about that oh together. that'd be sick Ooh, i might have to work on that yes please do dad limited me with my i wanted to do a VeggieTales song my favorite silly song with larry but dad was we like have, we have the theme song coming up we have, up for we the, have new the theme thing. song but i'm just gonna share my favorite mine is belly button featuring the boys in the sink <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking I about. I ain't got no belly but okay. okay. But yeah. my actual song of the week is Awake My Soul by Hillsong Worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to play at an Ash Wednesday service a couple weeks ago on ash wednesday with a couple of old buddies that i used to play with back when i was in middle school and high school it was just so much fun to play with them again Mm -hmm. and this song we played it was really a song i needed to hear because i was just so kind of tired and it was just a great refresher to awake our souls because let's just awake and sing his praise and so here is awake my soul by hillsong worship (laughs)
1: Great song. Great song for this time of year as well. Yeah. So love that one. All right. So now we're going to go back in time for a very special edition of our Oldie But Goldie.
3: Wouldn't technically Silly Songs with Larry be considered an oldie but goldie? It, like the earlier ones? It could, but
1: there's a reason. Like God is bigger. There is a purpose to my madness, okay? You because pretty mad. When we were having our conversation with Mike, he talked about who's collaborating on this. That is true. And it was, of course, the the friend of his who's the Disney animator, but also someone who works in the film department with him as a professor, who is Steve Taylor. Now, Steve Taylor, filmmaker, used to be Steve Taylor artist Mm -hmm. from the 80s, early 90s. Still does music occasionally too. Well,
3: obviously he's doing Dead Sea Squirrels. The
1: signature song for Steve Taylor, the one that really marked my generation, Mm -hmm. was a song called Meltdown. It was also the title of his album, He's kind of quirky and the songs are kind of quirky, but he was a youth pastor guy and this is what he did. So this is uh, going back quite a few years. I don't have the year on this one. i have to look that up. Steve Taylor, it's Meltdown, our oldie but goldie.
3: didn't get into steve taylor that much but that was a good song steve and taylor i'm looking forward to dead sea squirrels nope. let me tell you what steve taylor did okay
1: steve taylor not only had his own career which he was on the fringe because he was kind of his, his songs were a little out there but he's the reason why "Sixpence pence and on the richer is as big as they were oh really and also he's the reason why the newsboys really took off He started collaborating and co-writing with the Newsboys and it took their music to a whole nother level. So we can contribute that to Steve Taylor. He also, with our bonus during Music Matters, he was the one who co-wrote, and I think he's probably singing on this one, the theme song to the Dead Dead Sea Squirrels. Squirrels. So we're going to play that. It's short, so so don't go anywhere. Here's the theme song for Dead Sea Squirrels. It's a bop.
0: do it. World. Look
1: how long There you go. It is a bop. It is, yeah. And we, uh, we'll wrap up Music Matters with that one. Time now to move into Culture Shock. Okay, on Culture Shock, it's real simple. We find people that are making a difference, making a difference for the kingdom of God, who are doing unique things, and we celebrate them. And we point them out, we highlight them, we want you to know what's going on. Now, that can be a celebrity figure. It can be someone who's in sports, maybe a news anchor, an actor, or it can be your average
3: Joe Schmo.
1: Today, I wanted to highlight, and I just found this, I thought it was cool, an organization that has been around a while. They've been translating the Bible into languages for decades. It's a missions organization. It's called Whitcliffe. Oh, wow. You've heard of Wycliffe? Yeah, I have. During this past year, during COVID 2020, they produced a record high number of Bible translations this organization has been doing this translating the Bible since 1967 and their goal is to translate it into every language of the world at present they have 773 Bible translations in progress this is quite the undertaking yeah. Because a lot of these languages, they go in and, and try to do this. There's no written language. They literally have to create a written language, That's crazy. teach that language to that culture, and then uh, put the Bible in that language. So they have 773 in progress translations happening and acquired requests for an additional 273 language groups that need this. And that's what they're working on this year in 2021. And typically it takes about $20,000 to translate the entire Bible in a new language. So if anyone's interested in helping them out, hey, $20,000 will take care of a language. But during COVID, they kept their Bible translators home, but their online Bible translation system that they have continued to allow them to work together. So last year, the organization released a New Testament translation for the blind and deaf, believing that it can reach about 56 million people that have zero access to the gospel. Super cool. But that's awesome. they had a record number of uh, translations that happened during COVID because it, even though they couldn't send people out to all the places, they they kept them where they were and they were able to concentrate and get yeah. those knocked out. So that's just awesome. I wanted to highlight them that because really they're cool. they're really doing an incredible work and uh, they're they're continuing on. There's like they said, they've got 773 languages that they're doing currently and still working wow, on those. That's crazy. They are making a difference in
3: the culture. They are shocking the culture globally.
1: Cultural shockers. This has been Culture
3: Shock. And that wraps up this episode of The Kitchen Table. If you want to stay in contact with us, the best possible way is going through the Shine.fm Facebook page and going to the group tab of The Kitchen Table. And there, we want to hear your questions. We want to hear your music. We want to hear people you know, your average Joe Schmoes in your community. So thanks for hanging out with us this week.
1: Again, thank you so much to our uh, good friend, Mike Naraki. I cried. I love Vegetals. that man. VeggieTales.
3: <laughs> I love him. He created my childhood. He, he made, had a major impact, not only on your childhood, but many Many children. other yeah. children, yeah. So have a great week. And stay salty and lit.
0: Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm podcast network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.